Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for listening in. I'm Jason DeMars. And I want to remind everyone, if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, you can let me know at jasondemars.com. Um, I'm going to be answering several listener questions this morning. If you have a question for me, and you're watching live right now, feel free to comment either on Facebook or YouTube, and I'll be glad to do my best to answer your question. If there's time, if not, I'll acknowledge it and um, seek to answer it in another episode. So, several questions in front of me. First one I want to talk about is, brother asked me, is cremation okay for a believer? Uh, is it okay for a believer to have their body cremated instead of buried? It's an important question. Before I answer the question, um, I want to say uh, whatever my answer is, it can be construed as I'm condemning someone who disagrees with it or, or um, that I'm being judgmental against someone that disagrees with it. I'm, I'm not. The question was asked of me and I want to just answer it the best I can according to scripture um, and history just to give a good background of this. So cremation is obviously where they put the body uh, into an oven type place and they burn it down so most of the tissue and organs and so forth actually disintegrate and then the bones get um, burnt to their now they're just uh, um, ashes and so then that gets put into a that will get put into a little um, urn and then that urn is given to the family and either they keep it or they spread it out somewhere um, pour it over some significant place for that person but let's just talk about cremation and just the idea real quick historically um, now Cremation, historically, was used by uh, pagans. So it was a pagan form of ceremony where they um, had the funeral pyre, they called it, and they put the body uh, on the top of that fire and they burnt the body into ashes. All right? So, with that said, again, the origin and source of burning the body to dispose of it after death is from pagan religions and was never practiced by uh, the Jews. Now you can refer back to King Saul and Jonathan where they did burn them. 
Um, but the reason was that was they cut their heads off and mutilated them, and it was they were in a shameful place. So they, instead of doing a normal burial, they quickly burned the bodies because it was days after, and more than likely, they smelled very very bad um, after be taken, being taken by the Philistines and. And so they ended up burning them, but it was considered very shameful death to not be buried right away and then to be burned. And so it wasn't a positive thing that their bodies were burned. Um, looking, you know, in more detail about it, it wasn't until just recently that Christians uh, started even considering using um, cremation um, for their them their themselves or their loved ones making that choice. Um, in the basic the basic idea is that burning the body is contrary to its sacredness because it's going to be. Raise, that body is going to be raised from the dead. So, is God capable of raising a cremated body from the dead? Absolutely. There were Christians over history that were eaten by lions and all kinds of things like that done. Um, God is capable of raising that body from the dead. Absolutely. There's no, there's no question about that. The issue is that we treat that body with reverence and respect because it's going to be raised up. If you look at um, Jacob, Joseph, they wanted their bodies buried in the cave of Machpelah in the, pro in, in the Promised Land. Um, they felt that was important that their their bodies be preserved in some way, carried up and buried in the promised land. So here is another um, point, which is our burial, the the burial of Christ, is a type of baptism. So baptism is not a cremation. Baptism is a burial in water and a resurrection out of water. And so we're buried, Romans 6 says, we're buried with him in baptism. So again, Christians have always, like the Jews, buried their dead I'm not trying to condemn or judge anyone that's done cremation. No. But for those who have who've asked and said, is, is cremation okay? Cremation is almost like a type of hell. You know, the Bible says, fear not him that can destroy the body, but fear him that can destroy both body and soul in hell. All right. So cremation is like a type of hell. And burial is a type of baptism and resurrection 
typing the resurrection of the dead. Burial of the body and resurrection of the body. So we want to keep that, those things in line, those types in line, and to be wise and reverent um, with the body uh, of our loved ones. So I hope that answers the question. Um, if there's any follow-up questions to that, please let me know. I'm not trying to make this into some uh, big deal, great doctrine. It's just, just um, scriptural advice. And I think history bears out that it's not until the late 20th century that cremation was even considered for Christians. Um, we treat the, the, the body of the dead with sacredness because that body is going to be raised up from the dead. The next question that came through is, how do you know if you have the Holy Ghost? How do you know if you have the Holy Ghost? So this is talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not merely talking about um, an anointing of the Holy Spirit. But how do I know that I have the new covenant Holy Ghost in my life? Well, we look at what the Holy Spirit has promised to do. Number one, the evidence of the Holy Spirit is that we're able to receive the word for our day. Okay? So that is the evidence. You're, you've received and you're continually walking in the revealed truth for your day. But there's also, beyond that, Scripture speaks. Um, if we look at the New Covenant, the New Covenant was God's promise to take His law and to write it in our heart and in our minds, right? I just want to take a minute. Um, Brother Kenny, Sister Janelle, God bless you. Sister Mai, God bless you. Brother Tony, God bless you. Sister Rebecca, God bless you also. Uh, there's another question that came in from someone. Um, uh, I'll try to address that after this, though we're likely to go long, but I'll answer it in another one. So in the New Covenant, good morning, Sister Sarah, God bless you. Um, in the New Covenant, he writes our, his law in our hearts, in our minds. So um, the Holy Ghost, that's, that is giving us the Holy Ghost in our heart and writing the Word in our heart so that we live the word. So um, outward things can be mimicked, but the Holy Ghost in you, leading you and directing you into all truth, and uh, empowering you, I should say, not merely anointing you, but empowering you to live the word. Jesus said that he that believeth in me the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, for I go to the Father. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. All right, so what does that mean? If you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, it produces the works of Jesus Christ. 
That's not just miracles, but that's also the character of Jesus Christ, the answered prayer of Jesus Christ, and also the supernatural uh, miracles of Jesus Christ in and through your life. In other words, it's the gift of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and the love of God, the agape love of God poured through you. So, how do you know if you have the Holy Ghost? One, overarching above all other things is you're walking in the Word for today. Number two, the token must be applied. Brother Branham says the, that the, in, the, in, in, in Exodus it said the, the blood shall be unto you a token. All right? And he says that token is now the Holy Ghost, which is the blood applied to you. So the Holy Ghost has to be applied. You, Brother Branham tells us, you say, I believe the message. That just means you can read. You must have the token. It's more than just mere belief. It's transformation. It's the power of God. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Again, I, I, the way I just simplify it for myself, overarching, is you're, you're walking in the Word for your day. You've had an experience with God that, that changes your heart and begins to produce within you the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and the agape love of God. So, I hope that answers your question, how do I know if I have the Holy Ghost? One overarching thing, and then I, I would say uh, four thing, three, three things there. One overarching thing, which produces an experience with Christ, and then three major things. The gifts of the Spirit, the fruit, fruit of the Spirit, and the agape love of God in your life. All right. You know, it's, it's a change. It's a transformation. It's a change of desires. You're a new, the Holy Ghost brings you to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. All right. Someone says they also killed people who didn't believe in God. Okay, so they're talking about Old Testament. And if someone committed apostasy, if a Jewish person turned and worshipped other gods uh, and encouraged other people to worship other gods, they were to be stoned. All right, so where do we, how, how do we explain that? Simply put, this is a law of the children of Israel. The law was not given to the nations. The law of Moses was given to the children of Israel. Now, people from the Gentile nations could convert and become a part of the children of Israel. But the law of Moses was never intended for the Gentile nations. And this, this death sentence upon apostasy was part of their national 
law. And they were to do that. Okay, maybe they're also talking about when they were to go to the land of Israel to take over the land, they were told to kill certain nations within that land. God had judged them as complete, in a place of complete unbelief, and God was going to take them out of the land. That's God's perspective. God is the potter, we are the clay. When, a, when that nation turns completely against God, they earn death. Now let's go back further. You say, how could God kill people? Well, the whole world is sinning against God. God said, the day you eat thereof, that day you die. When you sin, you're worthy of death. So if God says, now is the time for you to pay for your sins and brings death upon you, now we are going to turn around and say, hey, it's not fair. It is fair. God said in his word, when you sin, you're worthy of death. Then he executes his judgment. He says, if you sin, you're worthy of death. Okay, you go and you sin against him. Now, he executes his judgment of death upon, upon you, what you, gives you what he said he would do. Now, people turn around and say, that's not fair. How is it possible? It's insane to say that that's not fair. It's silly to say that's not fair. God said, if you do this, this is the results. You do this, and then the results come, and someone says it's not fair. It is fair. It is exactly fair. It's just, and it's righteous for God to do that. Okay? So that, that's one. Uh, two, two is when someone committed, committed apostasy within Israel, they were to be executed. Okay, God spoke it in his word. He said, if you, commit, if you turn and, and blaspheme God and worship other gods and encourage other people to worship other gods, you, you are to be executed. Okay? Then people are worshiping God, living for God. Then they turn against God and God, by his nation, in his nation of Israel, um, has them executed. How is that unfair? God said in his word, if you do this, this is the result. Then someone does it, and they get the result, and outside, outsiders say, that's not fair. <laughs> You're crazy. You're literally crazy. This is God we're talking about. God is able to set forth his rules and his laws. These rules were not to apply. They don't apply to the church. They don't apply to the New, New Testament. The New Testament says, love your enemies. And the New Testament d does not envision the church being a political entity. In America and other nations, the church is become a political entity. 
in the New Testament, the church is completely separated from the state. Now, people in members of the church can be involved in the political process, but that doesn't mean they have authority over the local church. There's a separation. The church is not at one with government. When the church joins with government, it becomes a prostitute. So the church remains separated from government, and therefore the church is never to be involved in the process of executing a criminal, executing an apostate that is not envisioned by Christ under the new covenant. We are to love our enemies and pray for those that persecute us and despitefully use us. Okay? And we're supposed to bless them that curse us. So we're not under a law of executing the blasphemers. In the, in the Old Testament, Israel had both a uh, political and religious structure. And that political and religious structure was governed by the law of Moses. Okay? Those, those things where execution was supposed to take place are God's laws for that nation. They never have once were supposed to be applied to another, to the Gentiles. It's just for the Jews. So I hope that answers your question. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that the question is not sincere, but is more of a question of calling in the Word of God into doubt. Um, nevertheless, I hope that answers the question. And for those who are believers, I hope that makes made sense. If it doesn't, please let me know. I'd be glad to take your questions regarding that. And follow up regarding that. I want to remind everyone on our website at jasondemars.com. We've got free resources. We've got an end time message handbook. We've got a summary of the revelation of the seven seals. We've got a book uh, on foundations. We've got a book on uh, the standards of modesty and holiness called Holiness to the Lord. We've got tracks uh, for outreach about water baptism, Godhead, serpent seed. What is the message? Um, does God send prophetic, prophetic messages to our generation? Um, those are free. Shipping is free as well. Feel free to go to the website, place an order there. I'll get that order and I'll get it sent out to you as soon as possible as the Lord provides for me. So once again, I appreciate you and may God richly bless you.